Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion One Three One Two. Live Tuesdays, nine to ten p.m. on Four Triple Z One Hundred Two Point One FM or streaming Four Triple Z dot org dot au. Podcasts and related content available at Subversion One Three One Two dot org and ChannelZeroNetwork.com. Conclusion: We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organization, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality, and freedom. Good evening, subverters. A warm, toasty welcome anti-Australian election podcast. The polling date is this Saturday, May 18, and it's boring as fuck. Whoever wins, we will still have to fight. You'll get no anarchist, don't vote arguments from me, but you're not going to get any reformist do-vote arguments either. Do whatever you want, knock yourself out, and I'll see you at the barricades. Enjoy.
from Ipswich 161 supporting Triple Z and Subversion 1312 Radio in particular Um, support local radio support independent radio and independent media support those who support you People involved in social struggles than everybody else. People have been waiting for some content. Radio. Show. The final straw and I'm alone good enough. And I'm Percy Goodness. The final straw radio.noblogs.org. This week we're sharing a recent conversation with Andy Fleming. Andy's an anarchist and anti racist organizer based out of Melbourne, Australia. Archives of Andy's writings dating back 15 years, can be found at slackbastard.anarchobase.com, and his commentaries on the far left and far right in Australia are well worth reading. Andy contributes to Suwa Radio Show on 3CR on the 4th Fridays. Good luck finding archives uh, of the emission. You may just have to go right after it records and listen within a week. You can also find Andy on Twitter and Fedbook, and he just started up a Patreon where you can support his research and commentary. We have in the show notes a link to the Oxford University Press book containing his essay, The Far Right in Australia, that he co-authored, um, which is quite expensive, so hopefully you can find a PDF for free or find it at a local library. What What can you say about the sort of like continued mainstreaming since Reclaim Australia uh, or insertion by by the far right into like popular politics or you know more mainstream elements within Australia does it seem like Australia is turning farther to the right or individuals are acting more effectively as agents and trying to grasp power or uh, what in terms of the um, situation of the far right in Australia its capacity to influence the mainstream I guess what occurs to me is uh, I think in Australian society and other equivalent Western societies you have the phenomenon on the one hand of a whole series of political institutions and parties and so on being essentially hired out so um, what that means is that memberships are declining there's less forms of active engagement by much smaller numbers of people and in situations like that, it's possible for relatively small groups of people to exercise an outsized influence. And what you find in the case of the, for example, uh, infiltration of the young nationals in New South Wales, and the young the nationals are the uh, rural conservative party, 
uh, which is which rules in alliance with the Liberal Party. Uh, so there's a coalition government in Australia, and that association goes back uh, a very long time. But if you look at the Young Nationals in New South Wales in particular, its membership would be in the hundreds. There'd be hundreds of active members, so not a large group of people. And in the case of that particular conscious attempt at infiltration, it involves several dozen, at least, individuals organising covertly to um, enter into and to attempt to be elected to positions of influence and to begin to change policy within the Young Nationals. And you can view this in terms of, you know, classic entryism, uh, which would be familiar uh, in a left context, in particular um, in reference to the uh, Trotsky's movement. So it's not new in, in that sense. It's simply a, a technique or a tool that's been adopted by far-right activists who've looked at the political landscape, uh, landscape and seen an opportunity to insert themselves in parties, conservative uh, parties of one sort or another, uh, in order to obtain access to resources and influence. So it's a rational, calculated plan, and from that perspective, it's not a bad one. <laughs> it stands some uh, degree of success. I mean, beyond that, yeah, I do think that insofar as what they're attempting to attach themselves to is, for example, racist and xenophobic sentiment, uh, that's hardly confined to the far right. That's hardly confined to, um, you know, boneheads or whoever. That, that's a, it may be a minority tendency, arguably, depending on how you understand it, but it has a mass audience. So it's not so disconnected. It's important to understand the relationship of these seemingly marginal actors to the mainstream. And in the Australian context... I think one important fact to take into account in understanding the potential appeal of these groups and the ways in which they go about prosecuting their politics is Australia has a very um, draconian policy with regards to asylum seekers and refugees. And that's popular and mainstream in the sense that both major parties endorse it and it's been in existence for a quarter of a century. So it was actually the Labor Party, the ostensible party of the left that introduced a policy of mandatory detention of asylum seekers um, in Australia. That was in the early 1990s. And subsequent policy has built upon that. So currently we have prison camps on territories to the north of Australia, on Manus Island and on Nauru, where those uh, who arrive by boat from the north are incarcerated indefinitely. Um, their only hope of escape is to accept uh, refoulement, return to the countries from which they're fleeing. Um, that policy enjoys fairly widespread support. And if you look at the... Australia has a federal election um, in about a month's time um, and the consensus is to maintain those policies, to maintain those camps and to... Uh, which, which uh, have been described by you know, medical authorities and others within Australia as an illness factors. These are, these are, in a sense, torture camps. So thousands of asylum seekers, many of whom, or a majority of whom, have been recognised as being refugees, 
as having legitimate reasons for wanting to flee the countries from which they've fled, are being subject to these conditions. That's the kind of background. Uh, another is to understand that, unlike uh, many other arguably post-colonial societies, Australia is somewhat unique in that there's never been any form of formal recognition or legal recognition of uh, Indigenous sovereignty. Um, and so there are no um, treaty mechanisms in place which would negotiate some form of quasi-lawful authorization of the foundations of the colonial settler state in this part of the world. That's not going to change anytime soon either. In terms of the you know, white Australia policy, that was inaugurated in 1901, soon after the Commonwealth of Australia was uh, formed as a federation of colonies in this part of the world, and the first among the first few pieces of legislation that was enacted in the federal parliament were uh, the Immigration Restriction Act and the Pacific Islander uh, Act, and these were designed to enshrine in law in custom, in practice, uh, white nationalism. And that policy was only abandoned, or it began to be abandoned after the Second World War as the need for other forms of labour. Capital had a need for a white, to draw upon a wider pool of labour, so the restrictions that were placed upon European migration to the country were widened to allow people from southern Europe to come to the country to work. And in subsequent decades, that, those categories were expanded to include uh, other pools of labour from overseas, and it was formally abandoned in the 1960s and 1970s, so within living memory. But when I look at the far right in Australia, when I look at the purchase that racist and xenophobic forms of discourse and practice and policy have on the public imagination, upon public life, that's the context or the lens through which I view it. So... Um, in terms of understanding the relationship between the political mainstream and the margins, these are the kind of underlying systemic factors that I think are important and, and should be recognised in any discussion. Beyond that, I guess to summarise, yes, you have a far right. It's seizing opportunities where it can to enter into the political mainstream and arguably over the course of the last few years in particular, more opportunities have presented themselves. So naturally, being rational actors, they're seeking to take advantage of these opportunities. G'day, my name is Tom Tanaki and I'm a divine abuse commando with anti-racist supergroup yelling at racist dogs. Support independent media, support Subversion 1312, 4ZZZ's Anarchy Show. Support people that don't support fucking racists like most of this country. Yeah, I'm from the country, mate. Tough titties. Someone's gonna nick it. 
tree, baby. Stick shift. Stiff shit. Let's kick this mob out. Scott said to die. Yeah. 
Let's kick this mob out. Let me die strong and good. Let's kick this mob out. Opposites, yeah, no, no. Let's kick this mob out. Plotted the perimeters. Sugar was on the table. Sugar's on the table. Well, let's kick this mob out. 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 The sugar was on the table. That's what they said. Talking about people, the sugar was on the table. Let's kick this mob out. 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 But in this great country of ours, you know, it, it doesn't matter what colour your skin is. You can be white, or you can have white skin that gets a bit of a tan, or you can even have really pale white skin, it doesn't matter. We're all equal. We've all got something in common. In fact, we'll have someone common he's gentle he's caring he's old but he's wise he's one of those trustworthy elderly guys he makes our decisions and thinks for us which is why I am one of John Howard's bitches A man of compassion, a man of forgiveness. The truth's not important unless there's a witness. And even the best government has its glitches. That's why I'm one of John Howard's bitches. He's my daddy, he's my world. Girl, he's my sun, my moon, and my stars. Each night he beats me and kisses the scars. A man of integrity, honor, and class. He'll lie in your ear while he's fucking your ass. He'll laugh at your suffering Take Polaroid pictures That's why I'm one of John Howard's bitches I visit his mansion I'm his pool boy He plays the Catholic priest I play the schoolboy And after dinner We say And then he handcuffs me 
under the stairs Most people don't like to think they're a whore What else can we be when we still ask for more? Thank God I'm not indigenous, homeless or poor Last week he beat me so hard I took 36 stitches He can't say he's sorry But promises riches And we mustn't think We deserve better witches Why we are all of us John Howard's bitches I'm Bursa Goodness of the Final Straw Radio in so-called Asheville, North Carolina, in the southeast of Turtle Island, on land stolen from the Cherokee people. Independent media is a passion of mine. It's a way of bringing people together to tell and record their stories, to share the info and analysis that matters to us most, and that the capitalist press won't publish. It brings people into the streets, it sparks our conversations, it inspires us. That's why projects like 4ZZZ matter. Thanks. Make me remember, bring the balls, bring the 
Australians, I've got something to say. I'm the man for the job come election day. I'll hit rod for six, I've got all the tricks. I'm the promised minister in Aussie politics. I've been here since 96 and I'm doing swell. I take care of the young and the old as well. From the city to the surf to the RSL. What up, mud diggers? Opposition in the house of representatives. Represent! I make way for me. I'm the R U double D. I'm the flyest mother rudder that you ever did see. I listen to your voices. You're making all them noises. You say I didn't like it, so I'm rolling back with choices. Is it power you'll see? I'll crush Howard with ease. Now sit back, relax while I speak Chinese. You do it, do you fart on your Sure. Mr. Rudd. Call me Kevin, cause I rock you in 07. If we fizzle, take a snizzle, I'll be back in 011. A man I sent from heaven for the ALP. Howard, you're a coward, I'm the R-U-double-D. Oh, Mr. Rudd, you're a dud. Ladies say that I'm a stud. They were paid to say that bud. Well, you look like I'm a fuddle, Mr. Sheen. That's mean, I work hard to keep floors clean. This battle's just starting. I'm Ray Martin. Let's see who's got the policies to be the next Edmund Barton. I'm Ray Martin. Of oh, the battle of from Ben along, the PM you depend upon, I'll keep your mortgage down. And if you're marginal, he'll spend a bomb. Oh, it isn't wrong to think I'll give a damn about the nation, I'm here to do a job. Did I mention I speak Asian? A oh, one-trick wonder, Kevin Bloody Rudd. Your wife screwed all the workers, now your name in Canberra's mud. I'm an old-school player, newest of the new. If Latham couldn't hack it, then I'll see the party through. Oh, hell, I'll get this party started with a comeback that's cathartic. It's been years, but it appears that Labor's winning. I'm Ray Martin. I'm a contender. Always coming from the back, you're a pretender. Now it's time to pack. Get out of Kirribilli, it was cute but now it's silly I'm about to set up shop with Garrett, Swan and Gilly Right, okay uh, Peter, you want to take over? How it's gone now, I'm your fellow Prepare for a regime that's quite mellow I wear ties that are coloured yellow That's cos I'm Peter Costello Hello, hello, hey, hey, hey I'm Peter Costello Hello, hello, hey, hey, hey Yeah, Peter G'day everyone, it's me, Professor Tom Tanneke, PhD. I'm a rare Pokemon expert, and that makes me perfectly qualified to talk about the upcoming 2019 Australian federal election. Political kind of guy like me, you know, social justice warrior platform that I have, all that. You'd think I'd be in my element right now, wouldn't you? All up there stalking the halls of Canberra, trying to find out all the goss, finding out parliamentary intrigue and exposing it, hidden backroom meetings, making predictions, backing parties. Well, nah. Sorry, mate. That's just not me. I'm not some career Twitterati type. I don't dig goss. I'm not a child. You've got me all wrong. Nah. What I am is a Pokemon hunter. I crave only the hunt, the heat of battle, the moment my Pokeball unleashes, catching them just as they're saying something really profoundly odd. Last year, Victorians went to the polls and we covered the most cooked candidates of the Victorian state election. But this year, all Australians will Pokemon go to the polls. And goodness me, there are some really fucking rare ones this time around. Some mega-cooked, fucked-up, weird dipshits. 
with bad social media habits and even worse opinions. Fellow hunters, let's get our poker balls out, flip open the poker decks, put our Pokemon Ash Ketchum hats on like we're 15 years old and put a pair of sunnies on because it makes us look a little more like a creep. Let's catch them all! Fraser Anning's Conservative Nationals Party, it's an explicitly ethno-nationalist party, yeah? They call openly for a return to the white Australia policy, don't they? They want to close our borders. They want to deport all the Muslims. They demand a cultural homogeneity. Anning's core staffers are even all studied national socialists. We know this now. In short, they're a very rigid kind of party. It's their vibe, you know? This is not a flexible, chill, progressive kind of vibe I'm describing here, you know? They're not a modern party. You wouldn't say that, would you? They have a real 1901 vibe about them. So you really have to ask yourself about candidate number five, don't you? One Professor Adrian Schock standing in the SA seat of Boothby. Not because he isn't white, don't worry about that. Who can, you know, say that's a problem these days? Certainly not the white supremacists. <laughs> no, no, look, the thing that I have a little bit of a question mark hanging over Professor Chop regarding is his fuck robot obsession. Perhaps obsession is wrong. Call it advocacy. He doesn't just fuck robots, does Professor Chop, although he probably definitely does that. No, the professor is a world-leading advocate for fuck robots. He actually calls for further investment in fuck robots. He is Professor Adrian Fuck Robots Chuck. You look like you don't believe me, mate. Well, Here's a photo of Professor Chock holding a robot smooching device that he invented. Go on, Cobber, why don't you patch the plastic tube? Here's a quote from Professor Fuck Robots himself. Wouldn't it be great if someone's partner could survive as a robot? It would not be exactly the same, but if we could program the robot while their partner is alive, then you have a love robot, a companion. The love and companionship will be very important for the elderly population. Let's call this what it is, guys. It's white fucking genocide. I'm telling you. Us proud white men have already been cucked enough by soy and the media and women who don't like rapists. And now this Professor Fuck Robots wants to come in and to dump the precious little reserves of white cum that we have left into bloody dinky-doo Aussie diggerbots. We barely have any come left. Agenda 21 saw to that. How is this going to save Arthur Caldwell's white Australia, huh? Hey, maybe putting your dead lover's consciousness into a fuck robot is actually ultra-conservative now? I don't know. You know, I don't claim to understand these rare Pokemon. I just catch them. When, when you actually compare this government's record, re re record in relation to growth into the budget, to interest rates, to inflation, to the late 1980s when... I was the defence minister of this nation. We had the... We had flip, we had the... We had flip-flop flip. Word. I don't know that the word is going to pass Kim Beasley's lips. Flip-flop, 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 flop. Flip. Precisely what he did in 1996. We had flip, we had the... We had flip. Flip, flip, flip.
word. I don't know that the word is going to pass Kim Beasley's lips. Flip flop, flip flop, flip flop, flop. Flip. Precisely what he did in 1996. in at number four is Julie Hoskins, also running for Fraser Anning's Conservative Nationals Party in the seat of Bendigo in Victoria. Here's a photo of Julie dressed up as a yellow piss wizard. She used to be a councillor in Bendigo and she was at that time obsessed with the Bendigo Mosque. No, 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 don't get me wrong. She wasn't obsessed with promoting it. Easy mistake to make. No. She was obsessed with saying it's a bad thing. So how did she try to stop it? Well, what would you do? You'd dress up like a yellow piss witch and go to work. Anyway, Piss Gandalf is no longer at the council because she's a declared bankrupt. Now she's running for the Australian Parliament and that is a problem because she's a declared bankrupt. That's why she had to resign from Bendigo Council because she's a declared bankrupt. You have no power here. Piss. Gandalf. Here's a fun fact for all you poker fascists out there. If you are declared a bankrupt, it kind of bars you from serving in most Australian parliamentary roles. While it's not illegal for a declared bankrupt to run for election, to stand as a candidate, and the AEC have confirmed that, if she does get elected, as soon as she enters Parliament and the High Court process is done, which won't take long, she would be out on her ass, just like that. You shall not piss. So why is Julie Hoskins even bothering, you have to ask yourself. And my answer to that is, she just is. <laughs> I must admit, I actually have to admire the sheer tenacity of aiming so high like a steaming, hot, yellow piss Icarus or something, flying ever closer to the piss, only to get covered in it. Good luck, Julie. Candidate number three is Scott Moreland. Scott is a fundamentalist Christian, and he's got a real bone to pick about all those Islams and their Sharia laws and the creeping rise of the Islam, Sharia, Islams. Muslims are not all terrorists. Well done, that man. Here's how you respond to that. Muhammad was a fucking pedophile. <laughs> he was heavily involved in the Patriot movement uh, for many years, and that makes him a mystic, rare-type Pokemon. Scott Morland is also running for Fraser Anning's Conservative Nationals Party. And Fraser Anning once said that no one associated with Neil Erickson or Blair Cottrell would ever be allowed to stand for his party. So between this and Professor Fuck Robots, there are some pretty big plot holes in the whole Conservative Nationals timeline. Scott once got Danny Naylor from the anti-Islam, anti-multiculturalism Catch the Fire Ministries uh, to come along and to baptise his unborn child. Then the Lord said to me, my son, Donald Trump, is chosen by me. As baptism is a spiritual regeneration, it requires physical birth as a precondition. You have to put holy water on the baby. 
but Danny Nalia was able to do it anyway. Is Danny really just magic? Donald Trump is chosen by me. Or is there something else at play here? I'm not suggesting anything sinful here. No, never, not me. But you know, I'm sure you could work a miracle or two with a big container of holy water and a water hose and a brave and willing Mrs Morland. So um, Scott Morland is seeking a seat in the upper house of Queensland um, in the Queensland seat of Oxley. And I've actually, I've printed up the Oxley electorate's main concerns here, which they'll be apparently taking to the polls this year. They are uh the rising cost of living, job opportunities, economic sustainability, and oh, how to get holy water up someone's prego duff. Candidate 2 is a huge Pokemon. He is so, so rare. He's also a candidate from uh, Fraser Anning's Conservative Nationals Party, another one, an ACT Senate candidate. He's called Shane Van Duren. Shane's a fighting-type Pokemon and a former Special Forces member. So when Shane retired from a life of war and adventure, he got a dog who he apparently mistreated. Now, on this page, we all love men who mistreat animals, don't we? Heroes we call them. Anyway, an RSPCA inspector found out about this and he seized Shane's dog. So Shane went to get his dog back and in the process he choked the RSPCA inspector. And then the police came along to try and stop him from choking the RSPCA inspector and Shane bashed the cop up. So that's Shane's violent criminal record, which I'll come back to in a sec. Shane and his brother Owen once hired a catamaran in Thailand. They took off the tracking device and then they thrashed it 4,000k over the open ocean back to Australia. And the AFP were waiting for them at Darwin and they arrested them. And so, yeah, so that's Shane's not-violent criminal record because he has a violent one and a not-violent one, yeah? So an ex-digger with a history of criminality and violence against man and animal is running for parliament and that means he's ineligible to sit just like Julie Hoskins from before remember Piss Gandalf so why run why send the Pokemon to battle in the first place he can't be a politician because of the things he's done even if he wins a seat there's absolutely no chance that he will he'll be kicked out by the high court and you've got to ask yourself, what would Shane do if the High Court removes him from the seat? Choke the judge? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, he would. He would do that. We're in the end times now, my friends. Of course a fucking senator would choke a fucking judge. Yes. Bring it on, Satan. Well, I'm left sitting here, staring into a beer Shaking my head at the same old loathing and fear Stranger in my own land, can't understand How the very word Australian has just been damned I fucking hate myself, take Aussie from my name Erase his endless shame, forever cast and blame If you don't act the same, will I destroy you? Everyone looks the same, beaten black and blue So I've had enough of these redneck bricks When fact is the only real shit that sticks Watch as I tear the very skin from my face So none will see my race, my deep disgrace You're not even from here in the first place And those who are, you want a further debate? Nah, no more, never again, where the 
fist or pen I will defend Cause I'm out of loose end The shattered remnants of Aussie dignity I'm a skip, why he round eye surprise me Use your shriveled brain to please explain How the clever country just went down the drain We rode the ships back, now the sheep ride you If this is how it's gonna be, don't call me true blue I denounce my ancestors, wounds for Vesta If you say it ain't so, I suggest you wake up Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up Wake up, this need a shake up Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up Wake up, this need a shake up Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up Wake up, this need a shake up Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up Wake up Candidate number one is Senator Fraser Anning himself. Senator Fraser, 19 votes Anning. Senator Fraser, final solution Anning. The rarest of rare Pokemon. The most cooked of cooked candidates. So rare, in fact, that if you might chance to catch a glimmer of it in the wild, you don't just simply freeze up with nerves, afraid to disturb it with your Pokeball, lest you feel its thundery wrath. But rather, you'll shit yourself in both fear and confusion at the same time. That is how I feel when a wild Senator Anning appears. And you'll have noticed by now that all of these candidates are from Anning's party. This election, candidates have been dropping like flies from Liberal, Labor, One Nation, um, because there's these dirt teams of goss types digging up their sordid histories, things they said in 2011 and so on. Now, that hasn't happened with Anning's party. And the reason for that is because you can't get fired from Anning's party. You don't have to. These people are so post-truth that they make Donald Trump look like Jon Snow. If you point out they did something, they can simply say, no, or nothing at all. If you point out that they've made a mistake, they can simply ignore it or call you a liar or a globalist for telling them about it. This is kind of the unfortunate end product of a culture with dirt teams in politics. The rubber band effect creates this absolute filth. Let's roll open the Pokedex. Bit of history here. He replaced One Nation Senator Malcolm Roberts. Just beforehand, Anning was so close to declaring bankruptcy, which, remember, would have rendered him ineligible to sit for Parliament, we know that now, but he did some quiet deal with the banks. And then he replaced Roberts, and he immediately dogged Pauline. And he switched over to Bob Catter's Australia Party. His maiden speech was neo-Nazi, explicitly so, I think, in its phrasing and ideology. I believe that the reason for ending all further Muslim immigration are both compelling and self-evident. And then adding in his band of veteran Nazi staffers that he'd hired on, and that's what they all are, went on to found their own... Fraser Anning's Conservative Nationals Party. Personally, I reckon that Anning did some kind of a deal with the devil, a Faustian pact, as it were, with all these neo-Nazi staffers of his, in order to protect his comfortable senator salary and to stave off the banks knocking at his door. They knew that provocative, uh, shit-stirring statements in a public platform like the federal parliament would be the only way to ensure that he could keep his job. There's a real chance that unless Anning is properly scrutinised, he may very well be in the Senate for another six years. But if you've been following my videos, you'll know that I've been spending a long time referring to Anning as an Aussie farmer addicted to tramadol. It wasn't an inflammatory comment. It's a thought who, who believe that it's an inflammatory comment. Now, I admit that that isn't necessarily strictly true. 
He certainly sounds like an Aussie farmer addicted to tramadol. Don't you agree? Um, so, uh, uh um, or, uh, uh, um, then, uh, I'd, uh, debat, uh, bloody, I'd, uh, debat, uh, bloody, I'd, uh, debat, uh, bloody. It might not be true as such, but it feels like it's true. And that, I believe, is instructional for us. It helps us to consider why such a fundamentally fucking boring and charmless man like Anning has still managed to take up so much airtime. If he's a circus and fucking oath he is, then he's a very, very boring one, isn't he? The Tramadol King's only power is in the absolute woozy rejection of the truth. It's beguiling to idiots and dangerous to us. It's evident in the fact that most of his candidates can't even run for parliament. Oh, just run him anyway. It doesn't matter. Show what happens. Anning is not an exciting man. He's the Tramadol King, a sleep-type Pokemon. We must resist his call to send us all to sleep. We must stand up, rub our eyes, and catch him together. That's our most cooked candidates for this year. Let's catch them all, guys. I am Beiruz Buchani, speaking from Manus Prison. You are listening to Subversion 1312 and 4ZZZ. To pee, Lex Primos. It's time to give the power back to the people. Party members ate their own. The leaders keep knifing each other like Game of Thrones. Who's gonna hold the fort? Has Paul support to turn the revolving door? The plans are gutted, what you signed up for? Break it down in two years like Apple products. Tony would exact revenge. Hard to ignore that stench from the back bench. He just threw his hat in it, but the man missing grand vision. Like Michelle, he had his ambition. His loyalty would trust that as much as ads. Offering one weird trick to cut fat. Woeful bargain. Backed out on who had a low approval and a lower margin. Should walk out of parliament, exit the property. Same way he walked out of Kevin's apology. Dying a man who won't care. Busy branding visa to the au pair They want to fast track whilst out Africans When refugees in camps are languishing He called them illiterate, took your job too If that is the case, then that is on you The facts that he hit did not got fight on SHY When they actually did uh, Pinocchio, overgrown ego When they have two wider portfolio He and Scott have gimmicks for a softer image What about the 12 offshore Ghana finish Scott a Christian man with a Christian brand But not a very Christian plan Says he's a bigotry tugger for a pussy gay marriage What a low blow, what it says, no scope Most of the children stuff like a false allegation Of crashing self-harm so they got compensation the man was lying about the riots, accounts of violence, a man is silent. Be transparent, update on the status, but they won't talk about operational matters. Uh, Learn how to behave. Brought a love of coal to the house in the middle of a heat wave. Test temperament, you can write this track when it hold on the phone with Centrelink. Gave 30 mil to Rupert. Cutting funny for the ABC, tell me who do you serve? 440 mil for 10 people. Obviously, the bigger intended to get equal. Cash over case to see and jump ship, cause the office cannot contain the leak. How many honest ones might be left? Bishop was scrutinized, slaughtered by the IDF. We're getting impatient when representatives talk of themselves instead of the nation now it's so bored not the time choice took too long to just fall on its own sword though a ransom laugh this has to stop go command a spot at the ballot box Australians, we will soon be returning to the polls once again to decide the fate of the nation. To put a leader in place who can steer us through these turbulent times the world is currently facing. 
This is a very important decision. It is said that we get the politicians we deserve, and you deserve a politician who is going to reflect your values and beliefs. So we have the option for you that is both effortless and guaranteed to fit in with your busy lifestyle. Vote one, the fascist party. It is true that fascism has received large amounts of negative, one could say slanderous media coverage over the years. But we at the Fascist Party believe fascism is the perfect lifestyle choice for the busy professional. Fascism is fun. Modern life makes many demands on your time and attention. And let's face it, you've got better things to be doing than spending the three to four minutes it takes every four years to think about who you're going to vote for, let alone the 20 minutes to half an hour eaten up by driving to the polling booth, waiting in line and actually voting. Did you realize over the course of a lifetime you could be wasting up to 6.2 valuable hours on the democratic process. It may take some getting used to, the idea of shedding this sham democracy, but really, ask yourself, how much do you participate in democracy anyway? Like most of us, I'm sure you get all of your news from one TV station and one newspaper. So it's obviously not diversity of opinion you're after, and rightly so. Stress and conflict are caused by opposing points of view. Who needs it? Who has the time to read complex policy and look into what's really going on? Nobody. You've shown that by re-electing a politician who coined the phrase core and non-core promises and who lies when it suits him. It's not your fault you're too busy to pay attention. You're probably paying off an overpriced city apartment. Life these days gives us too many choices. We can only think about a finite number of things at once. You need your downtime leisure time in which to do those things that enrich and expand you as a human being. Like watching a home renovation program, buying another pair of shoes, drinking a cafe latte, or playing on the internet. Think of all that you'll gain by voting for a fascist. You'll never have to think about politics again. Just think of how much extra time will be available in the evening news bulletins for sport. Don't be fooled. Democracy, like socialism, is a nice idea, but does it work? Why should you let that idiot sitting next to you on the train have a say in your future? And he will, under the current system where equal measure is given to the votes even of half-wits and morons. As it is, any recent arrival off a boat with a bleeding heart story can gain citizenship and have a say in your future. They can't even say truth, and they're dictating the course of our society. Do you have time to deal with all of these issues? No. You have a mortgage to pay, Swedish furniture to buy, a lifestyle to maintain. Leave the politics to the experts, and you'll never have to think again. Vote one, the fascist party. The party that truly fulfills your lifestyle needs. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash sub anarchy show. On Twitter, anarchy underscore show. He's gonna choke 
and on the 4ZZZ website 4ZZZ.org.au. that violence can be even even applied to the natural environment because we rely upon the natural environment for our survival. But inanimate objects, especially those that are man-made and are used to destroy life, I don't think you can be violent too. I think it's a lot of times more violent to allow them to exist.